Welcome everyone to the Unknown Podcast, part of the Bombless Rugby Network. We talk about all things sports, pop culture, and rugby, specifically, but other sports as well. Uh, good to have to be back here after a week off. Unexpectedly, diabetes caught up with me and had me out. Had one too many sugary things instead of uh, eating healthy, but I'm back on track. So the unknown was unknown last week as well. So good to be here. Hope you guys uh, have kept yourselves well, kept yourselves um, in good condition, not running around doing stupid stuff. A lot of people have done stupid things the last couple of weeks, but we won't get into that now. So with all that back, just a little follow-up from last week's episode. I got a voice note from Dup. Uh, arguing about one of my points about Michael Jordan. Let's see what he says. Kaya, I'm really enjoying the comeback series. I do have a little bit of a gripe with Michael Jordan on the list. Part of me feels that taking a year off while still playing professional sport isn't really retirement. And let's remember that at the time that he was playing baseball, he was still being paid his basketball salary. Is that really retirement? You know, it's it's essentially the same as a player taking a sabbatical in rugby and then coming back to go and win a couple of uh, super rugby titles afterwards. But let me not take too much away from it. The fact remains that uh, he altered his body completely, had to come back, reshape his body, and then went on to win three titles. So I'll give him that, but... I feel that there should be a little bit of an asterisk there. One comeback that I think would have been fantastic to mention is George Foreman um, with a 20-year time gap between his two heavyweight boxing titles. That is quite amazing. He came out of retirement at the age of 40 and then went on to win at age 45. Okay, I hear you, boy. Um, still don't agree, but hey... That's what it's about. Good to hear from you. Um, yeah, but this week we're going to quickly dive into some quick news, you know, just a quick five minutes, a little minute to two minute section just to hear what's going on in the world. Pimpy and Lucanio Arm are safe. They ain't going nowhere. They are safely in the Sharks. Best big news of my life for the last week, um, in terms of sport, that is. So, yeah, I was a little worried about them being signed by overseas clubs, but somehow Sean Everett has worked his magic, and they're staying. So that's a good little piece of news. Uh, World Rugby is attempting to, is thinking about doing rugby without scrums and malls. I uh, don't know why those two are special instead of also rucks and tackles, but... Even touch rugby would be pretty... Unless they do touch rugby with gloves. Could work. But they'd have to keep changing the gloves. Or, ah, no, there's too many complications in that. Uh, World rugby should just wait it out until it's safe again. I know the financial implications of it all, and they're trying to come back as quickly as possible. But again, safety of players is always more important than that. Than um, a little fan spectacle. And then the days of our lives in Cape Town. The Peter Steph to Toy Saga. Is he going? Is he staying? Eventually he stayed and taken a 40% pay cut, as was always going to happen initially, like everyone else. So I don't get why we were going through all this soapy drama. Maybe he watched an episode of Seven Delon and thought he should bring uh, 
some some of that to the nation and give us some excitement. But clearly, he was having way too much time on his hands, uh, being World Player of the Year, and thought it was time to go for the Oscars. And that has not gone well. He hasn't really won anything that we know of. Maybe he got his image rights, but that would be really awkward for him and his teammates when that comes out. So yeah, I don't know why we went through this or what his agent was telling him to do about this, but he needs a better agent. And if he's looking for an agent, I know my boy John Melindy is ready for him. And happy birthday to the second best left no, let me correct myself, third best left foot of flower of all time, after Dan Carter and Willem Duvall, Johnny Wilkinson. Hope you're having a good day, and um, I don't know what you do, you seem like you're very, I think you're vegan as well, so I'm not sure what you do. I tried that whole thing for a bit, then I had a sandwich at the cricket, and I knew life was up. Um, and I knew that meat was a lot better. In fact, I had some kebabs this evening. Brilliant. But, Johnny, I hope you uh, have a good one. Hit a few drop kicks for me there. And finally, on German Bundesliga news, my t new team, bon uh, Borussia Dortmund, is winning. Two games in, Haaland has scored in one. Not sure the rest of the players are besides Sancho and Royce. Learning as quickly as possible, trying to understand some things about German football. Highly efficient, I must say that. But... Yeah, it's been interesting to have some live football, some interesting precautions, despite the fact that they touch each other quite a fair amount during the games and big hugs. But I think the studies on outdoor transmissions may have obviously affected this. So good to see that and have some live sport. But as you're all waiting, here comes our top five of the week in comeback season three. So here it comes. Our top five for the last two weeks have had the best comebacks. The best single, like career comebacks, and the best, you know, game comebacks. So today I wanted to come touch the other side of it. What are the worst comebacks in the history of this? Well, across the whole world, because I'd have some other fun ones, but it, yeah, I won't include those because I still want to stay alive. So let us begin right at the bottom. Number five. Ja Rule. <laughs> oh my, Ja Rule to my, some of my younger fans was actually once a well known rapper who was pretty dominant in the late 90s, early 2000s. More to early 2000s. Until he had a B for 50 cents and then his career went down a bit. But you know, he was still known as a rapper. And he seemed, you know, he was just middling out. Then his big comeback was going to be the Firefest. And two documentaries later, we all know how that ended. Uh, terribly, and he's still trying to do World Tour as well. That's not happening at the moment. So his attempt at coming back just isn't happening. And I hope it's not a financial thing. I hope my man's got his money and he's just, you know, loves the game. But yeah, this is not going well whatsoever. Number four. Mark Spitz. Yeah. Um, so Mark Spitz dominated the 1972 Olympics, winning six medals. If I'm correct, because I know that, oh, seven, because I think, yes, it must be seven, because then Mark, Mike, that's why Phelps went for eight. And he was really good at the Olympics, showed off amazing swimming potential, and then decided to retire at the age of 22. And then he tried to come back 20 years later. Now, what makes this comeback on this list is because. In his comeback, he was actually 
brought on, I think, by ESPN, wanting to do a, a documentary about his comeback. Now, obviously, when they were doing this documentary, their goal was that he was going to actually make it to the Olympics and that that's how they would win and that he would have, they'd have this amazing drama-filled moment of him at the end of it suddenly making it to the Olympics. That didn't work out as planned. Uh, he didn't make the Olympics. He swam the same time as he swam 20 years before, but by then, swimming had gone down by two seconds, so he kept coming way at the back all the time. So, yeah, that didn't work out. I wonder what they did with the documentary footage because uh, it's a year's worth of recordings for nothing in the end. Number three. Michael Jordan. Yeah, this man's back on this list, and this time for the second comeback where he came back with the Washington Wizards. Now, yeah, he had a few decent games here at the Washington Wizards, average 20 points, but my man's powers were done. He didn't have no Scotty this time or anybody second role player that could help him, and he couldn't pull them to the to the playoffs. It was uh, it's a part of his career that he doesn't talk about. Almost never speaks about it. Really doesn't. Like, in the interview, just doesn't want to talk about it. Really terrible time for Kwame Brown, who was getting shot at by Michael, by Michael the whole time. But yeah, 38-year-old Michael was just not it. So, we move on to the next one. Number two. Limp Biscuit. Yeah, they were quite a big band in the 90s and early 2000s, to the point where Rolling, I believe that was the name of the song, was the entrance song for was The Undertaker. Oh, who was it? I forgot which WWE star it was. If you know who it is, send me a voice note. Um, and then they split up for a bit, and they tried to come back. And oh my, was this terrible. They sold 37,000 albums on their comeback album. That is terrible, under any circumstance. I don't even think... That's like an hourly sale for Beyonce. For them, even more. She sells way more than an hour. They couldn't do that number in an entire period, like a month, a year. That must be disappointing. I mean, that's you technically have more fans at a stadium than you do in... Yeah. That was a terrible comeback. I don't know what they were thinking doing that. But y'all, move on to our most worst career comeback. Um, Number one. Victor Matfield. Now, this one's obviously... I'm, I'm just doing this to troll my Bulls fans. Not the complete worst career comeback that could have happened, but... I really wish my man had just stayed in retirement and he would have survived a lot of the things. He was also in South Africa's, up until then, most embarrassing loss of all time when he's come back. And there really was no real reason for him to come back. We didn't have a lack of locks. We had, we had the players there. It wasn't a lack of leadership. So I still understand why he came back. Maybe he just loved the game so much. But you could tell that he was just a step behind. And he just never found it. And a lot of his fellow players, Jock Foree, Bucky's, they took the notice and they realized, nope, they weren't going to ever get up to the same level and decided not to come back. I wish he had spoken more to his friends and they had told him not to come back. I know a friend of mine, friend of the podcast, Dr. Dup, really hated this comeback. And I hope he drops us a message about this. So yeah, now we move on to our brew of the week. Now, this week's brew is, again, a brew method, not a brew itself, which is the AeroPress. Now, I'm a long-time fan of the AeroPress from when I was working, and our boss, 
my boss then had a error press and error press is nice and quick 10 seconds 15 seconds actually and it's over so you boil the kettle you set up the error press which looks like an article from an Austin Powell's movie you put one scoop of coffee in there and then once the kettle is boiled you pour it in again very slowly in a circle till uh, 0.4 close up the top uh, and then boom you wait a few seconds normally about 10-15 seconds and you push slowly and boom cup of coffee hopefully a video of this will come out got the camera rolling now only problem is lighting in my, in my house but we I think we have found a good recording spot so this should be coming out soon hopefully this week I think I'm finally on top of my work being a web developer has its crazy moments and apps and yeah, some of my servers have been giving me trouble lately but yeah so thank you guys for being back on the journey and I hope that you guys stay safe this week you drink lots of water wash your hands please guys stay safe just heard as I'm recording this is Sunday night um, but the Johnny Wilkinson thing was obviously for when the day of release of this so we just heard that uh, alcohol is back on here in South Africa so boys please stay safe if you hear this after 1st of June don't be wild and yeah have a good one, gents. Have a good one. I enjoyed it. The unknown!